maybe give everyone an explanation as to why you became an advocate and your passion for helping survivors going forward. Sure. So I'll give a little intro about me. Um, my name is Melanie. I, I'm 30 years old and I, um, I live on Cape Cod and um, I really start, my career really started uh, in New Hampshire where I grew up. I always had kind of a passion. Um, I, knew, I knew the path I wanted to go on pretty early um, due to my own experience of sexual abuse as a child. And so I always knew in my heart that I wanted to give back when I was able to heal enough um, to do that. And so um, in college, I knew what my major was going to be. I really wanted to be part of the Child Advocacy Center movement, which I think we'll talk about a little bit more later. Um, but I really started blazing that path. Um, I went to college for sociology and criminal justice and um, really wanted to um, walk alongside other survivors the way that a team of people walked alongside me. Um, when I was a child going through um, my forensic interview as a child at the Child Advocacy Center and going through the core process for my own case going to trial. Um, and so from there, um, you know, I really kind of had a focus and, um, you know, and, and the healing, I'll say this right away, like the healing journey is not linear. Um, so I was still, you know, going through some things on my own. You know, you go through that, as you know, you go through different things as a survivor through different phases of your life, um, you know, when you're younger, you know, there's, there's certain things that you go through. And then as you grow up and get into your teen years and into your adult years, there's different things that come up on the healing journey. Um, you know, but I had really found my voice uh, pretty early on on my journey, which was really the first step to healing for me is finding my voice about what happened to happened to me and being able to kind of um, own what happened to me, uh, speak out about it. And, um, you know, then kind of turn my pain into purpose. Um, and that's, I, I guess that leads to where we met. Um, so after college, um, so I went to a four-year college in New Hampshire. And um, right after college, I worked for an organization in New Hampshire called the, um, called the, well, it was under AmeriCorps. So if people are familiar with AmeriCorps, mm -hmm. um, it was the AmeriCorps Victim Assistance Program, but I was working under the New Hampshire Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. I was a full-time advocate at one of the crisis centers in New Hampshire. Um, so that's really where my career started. Um, and then from there, um, you know, again, I still always had this pursuit of being part of the Child Advocacy Center movement um, because that's where I found my voice was at the Child Advocacy Center when I was 12 years old. And so, um, you know, really wanting to kind of get to that at some point, um, you know, the best thing I ever did for my career was to join this AmeriCorps program. I got state-of-the-art training, really was able to get get my feet in the door to an agency, be working full-time as an advocate, um, answer hotline calls, going to courts um, to help people with restraining orders, um, you know, always being trained on all the different aspects of the career um, and just do, being able to do so much in that two years that really was a stepping stone for me to pursue that dream of being part of the Child Advocacy Center. And so after that, um, 
ended up working at a child advocacy center on Cape Cod. And that's where we met. Um, It's such an amazing thing, Megan, to see, um, you know, how your your story and your journey has unfolded. And um, it really was kind of a I guess a dream fulfilled for me to walk alongside survivors and um, to have you reach back out to me um, this many years later (laughs) um, after everything's said and done, um, you know, after walking alongside you on your journey, um, it's been a complete honor. So um, I'll just do a little plug to that, that I'm really, really humbled to be here today having this conversation with you. But yeah, so then I worked at the Child Advocacy Center um, for six years. I was in multiple roles there as a family advocate and Mm -hmm. also a forensic interviewer interviewing children. Um, And then from there, um, I kind of moved more into the prevention side of things. So um, speaking about my own story across the country to equip um, professionals. And um, now I'm kind of getting into churches and different um, organizations working with some different organizations as a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm working with Shield Task Force out of West Virginia as their program development consultant, um, assisting them with educating uh, schools and churches and um, you know, working on some of their program initiatives with youth and different things like that, um, in addition to speaking um, publicly across the country at professional conferences, events, um, various uh things, um, sharing my own story, but also my professional journey and, um, you know, how I really turned my pain into purpose. So, um, yeah, that leads us to where I am today. Absolutely. That's awesome. It's such an honor to have you on this podcast. Um, you've helped me so much and that's why I was able to stay in touch and reach back out to you this many years later, you had such an impact on my growth and getting through my own experience. So it's such an honor to have you here. Thanks, Megan. <laughs> of course. Um, so, I mean, you kind of touched on this, but where where you are at in life now with, like, overcoming your story and, like, what steps you've taken to overcome your experience and turn it into purpose? Like, what was the motivation? Sure. Yeah, I can elaborate on that. I went through that really quickly. So, um, you know, it was a long journey. Um, so... I was sexually abused um, as a child from about nine to 10. And then again, at 12 years old, I was sexually assaulted. And, um, you know, the the case from when I was younger didn't come back to me until I was much older, kind of already in my career. Um, I'd kind of repressed some of the memories about that um, because of what was going on in my life at that time. And then by the time, like my brain and body was probably ready to deal with this stuff from when I was nine to 10, um, I was sexually assaulted at 12 um, in a more kind of um, violent way. And just, you know, there was more going on with that situation. So this other situation um, and I was much younger in the other situation. And so I didn't really understand, like, at the time, real time, what was going on. But when I was 12 years old, I did. And so, um, you know, there was there was a lot. And I love how your podcast is called Too Young to Know, because that was very much my story, especially early on. Um, even though I understood a little bit about what was going on when I was 12, there was so much confusion um, and so much, um, you know, grooming in my story. And we can talk about that more later. But, um, you know, really not understanding like and, and being traumatized by what had happened to me, you know, not really understanding how this could happen, why this happened, like 
what to do with what happened to me, you know? Um, and so it was a really long journey, um, lots of pain. I dealt with self-injury. I dealt with, um, you know, anxiety, um, probably depression. I never really like dove into that too much, but, um, you know, lots going on PTSD, um, you know, going through reliving the traumatic event through flashbacks and just, you know, going through this really hard, uh, 10, pretty much a 10 year span of healing. Um, and, uh, you know, I do have a pretty strong faith. And so that's very much part of my story. Um, now, um, it wasn't back then. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was really kind of, um, peaks and valleys of a healing journey. So it was, you know, I would, you know, I definitely had the support, which is not what all survivors had. So I know that I'm very lucky um, and fortunate to have had support from the beginning. Um, but even with that, it was a really hard, hard journey. Um, sexual assault is a, is a violation that goes deep within your being. And, um, you know, it, it rips a lot from the survivor. And so, um, you know, starting with intimacy, starting with you know, your um, confidence, starting with your, you know, your mind and body kind of feeling like they betray you, you know, mm -hmm. and um, so there was a lot of healing that had to be done. Um, and, you know, so I did, I did a lot of different things. So, you know, it really started with kind of finding my voice about what happened and then, you know, kind of really trying to, um, you know, let people in to my story to help me because I was kind of past the point of being able to help myself and, um, you know, really being able to, um, you know, get the counseling that I needed and being receptive to the counseling. Um, I think at first it was really hard for me to even face it. Uh, so, um, you know, I had a therapist for a long time um, to really walk through those day-to-day -day, um, triggers and things that were going on. And then later on in my healing, um, you know, I ended up doing EMDR, which is a form of therapy. It's mm -hmm. eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. And so that was, um, you know, part of the healing journey for me. Um, and then from there, you know, there was, um, you know, more years of counseling and really getting out of these self-destructive behaviors um, and really kind of rallying my people around me, um, you know, to bear witness to my pain and to kind of guide me along. Um, there's a, kind of a handful of survivors that had kind of blazed the path before me, um, you know, some authors that had written books about their own experiences that really were um, my lifeline, you know in the darkest nights, you know, being able to read their, their words on a, on a paper quietly in my bedroom, uh, when the tears were falling down my face, like really being able to feel like I wasn't alone. And, um, you know, those authors are Nicole Braddock Bromley. Um, she wrote a book about her experience called Hush. And then it, in addition, a book about relationships called Breathe After Sexual Assault. And, um, and she's done amazing other things. Um, I was recently part of her e-course, which is called Unleash. Um, and I was actually recently on her podcast um, called the One One Voice Podcast, talking about my healing journey, but also very specifically a part of my healing journey that came much later, mm -hmm. um, which was walking through um, pelvic pain and um, pelvic dysfunction based on my trauma. So, um, you know, there's been many experiences to find my voice. And that's what I always go back to about when people ask, like, what, how did you heal? Like, how did you um, get past your experience? And part of that was finding my voice over and over again. So that's one of the biggest pieces is being able to speak my truth and to be listened to, to be um, supported, to be believed. And that's what, I mean, both of us can probably 
say that that's one of the most important parts, you know, for us, you know, to be able to move past the experiences, to be supported, to be believed, to be able to speak about our, our experiences and to be able to turn that pain into purpose. You doing this podcast, you creating this organization, um, you know, me doing some speaking things and having my kind of own platform, um, you know, to be able to uh, speak across the country about my experience and to educate people on this, um, you know, because we lived it, um, but now we can use it to help others. So um, that's really been what it was like for me. Absolutely. It's so important that turning your pain into purpose that you touched upon. Um, it's helped me a lot and the hopes that I have for too young to know. So you also touched upon too the healing experience not being linear. Um, do you want to like maybe give advice to people that have a different looking path in their healing journey? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, healing is not linear. So not not one of us is going to have the exact same healing journey. And I always like to remind survivors that whatever your journey is, your journey is like it, it is not, you know, it does not have to line up to someone else's. And, you know, one of the biggest things and when I when I say finding my voice, like, obviously, my voice has kind of traveled across the world, you know, across the country. Um, but that's not what it's going to look like for all survivors. So I, I think there is kind of an underlying pressure sometimes, like when, you know, you hear different things, you're like, oh, I should be doing this, or I should be doing that, or I should be speaking out publicly. You know, that's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And actually, Nicole Braddock Bromley puts it really nice. Um, she has talked about this a lot. And she says, um, not everybody is called to a platform, but we are called to use our voice. And so that could mean a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a friend about your experience. Um, that could be talking to your mom, your parents that they're supportive. That could be having just a small conversation, writing a letter to somebody, um, or it could mean speaking out about your experiences, being involved in events, creating a nonprofit, uh, speaking across the country. Um, it's those, those small and big things that matter. You know, it doesn't have to be this big um, platform, but it can also be that that quiet conversation that you have at midnight with your best friend. Um, and, you know, I think that is um, that is one of the most important things about that healing is not linear. And, you know, another thing I always talk about is, you know, I had so much healing, you know, obviously by the time that I, you know, kind of was really into my career, um, you know, as an advocate, but that doesn't mean that nothing ever came up again related to my past, okay. you know? And so I think it's so important to recognize that, you know, this is a lifelong healing journey, you know, through sexual abuse, sexual assault, um, you know, any type of uh, abuse really. And, you know, I think to, to honor that, um, you know, is important, um, but also to know that, you know, it's okay if you've had years of healing and something comes up. And so, you know, um, kind of gathering those tools to keep them in your back pocket for when that when that does happen, it's kind of inevitable, you know. Um, for me, you know, I had had so much healing and, and you know, was speaking out about my experience, was working in the field, was, was very successful, you know, was really, um, walking alongside survivors, you know, day in and day out, um, doing really well doing that. And, you know, there were some things that had come up, like I mentioned earlier, you know, physically, you know, that had manifested and had been kind of under the surface for mm -hmm. 15 years of my journey. And I just never really wanted to face it um, and never really could, you know, I didn't really have the words for what it was. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, 
struggling with like, I'm doing so well, I don't want to open this box of, of this physical piece that I know is going on. And so, um, you know, that, that was, that is my most recent example of like healing is not linear that like I had had all this healing and was doing so many amazing things and, um, you know, really able to, um, you know, honor that and walk through it. Um, you know, I eventually did face the physical piece fairly recently in the last couple of years. And, you know, um, thankfully, you know, I had had all these tools to kind of navigate that, um, you know, pretty well. Um, there were definitely hard days, mm-hmm. um, but that is part of the journey, you know, to, you know, there's a lot of grief involved after sexual assault. There's a lot of like wondering what could have been if it didn't happen, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, disconnection from mind and body. And so there's, there's a reconnection process that has to happen often much later than the initial journey starts. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, that healing is not linear is something I've held on to since I was 13 years old that like, you know, the, I think one of those speakers or authors that I connected with had said it and it really um, stuck with me. And so I, I really want other survivors to hold on to that because it takes the pressure off that like healing is not just like the straight line and you have to reach a goal and that's it, you know, um, it's the peaks and valleys. It's the, you know, the victories and the difficult times. It's the, you know, um, times that you feel really confident and there's other times that you're reliving what happened, you know? And so, you know, the most important thing for those listening who may, may or may be a survivor or maybe those who aren't is just to bear witness to each other's pain, walk alongside each other. And, um, I always say this too, is, um, listen more than speak when someone's telling you their story, you know, you just, you know, that compassionate listening is so important because, um, this movie may be the first time they've really had to, and they're trusting you with their story. And so really being able to bear witness to that healing is not linear journey, um, you know, and, and listening, um, listening first is so important. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing all of that and talking about that. It's helped so much. There's so much information that can be talked about that's provided through this podcast now. So, kind of like wrapping it up with this last question what advice would you give to someone that's going through like the mental health effects and personally working on overcoming assault in their own life yeah so the the mental health aspect is um you know obviously like i said earlier like looks very different for everybody um you know but i think you know, it's okay to ask for help is the the first thing I would say. Um, I think oftentimes, you know, um, going from even society to even with, within ourselves, um, that there's this pressure to like, everything's fine. Everything's okay. You know, all is well, even though I've had this thing happen, you know, I have to move on quickly. And, um, you know, I think we need to say no to that, um, you know, in that, uh, asking for help no matter where you are on your journey, whether you've had five minutes or five years or 15 years of healing, it's still okay to ask for help. Um, I've definitely struggled with that, you know, especially after gaining some healing, it's really hard to ask for help because mm-hmm. you're like, I have already kind of started walking down this road. And, um, but, you know, one of the bit, the best things that's happened, you know, is when I eventually did ask for help recently with the physical piece, um, the amazing healing that happened that I never thought I'd get, you know, that I never thought I needed really, um, that I never knew I needed, right? Like I, you know, I'd had so much healing, like there was so much, you know, going on that was good. Um, but there was this one piece that was still left, um, to deal with. And so, um, 
you know, really knowing that it's okay to ask for help and, um, you know, that it's okay to own your, your experience and, um, your story matters, your voice matters. Um, you know, there's, there's someone, you know, and one of the biggest things is oftentimes when people talk about either mental health or surviving trauma, um, you know, they'll be like, well, the first person I told didn't believe me or didn't listen to me or was, um, terrible to me about it and did not respond well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what I would always say is encourage that there will be someone Mm -hmm. that, that does listen, that does believe you, that does come alongside you. And so don't give up. And I think a lot of times it can be so discouraging and so damaging when someone doesn't believe you or doesn't support you or, or isn't helpful in what they say or their response. And so we stop there and then, you know, we continue down the destructive path and continue down this spiral. Um, but wh- I think one of the most important things is to um, really, you know, never give up, you know, whether that be um, finding people who will support you, whether that be on your own internal journey through mental health struggles or aftermath of abuse struggles, um, because there are a lot and it is a lot um, and it is a long healing journey. And especially, you know, for survivors who've kind of gone through the core process, as you know, um, it is really, really difficult um, because you feel like your life's been on hold and you're navigating all these different pieces with legal stuff and um, it just is all consuming and it consumes your life and then you feel like you know when you get back to like your own life um, without that a part of it there's a lot of pieces to pick up and so um, you know that's where some of the struggles can come in as well and you know the biggest thing is just to really um, you know just know that there is someone out there that will believe you, that will support you. There's plenty of organizations out there to get connected to, um, to be able to walk through that uh, with you and to connect you to people who will be there for you, to support you. Um, You know, and then identifying those people in your own life. Like, who are my five people that I'm going to let into this, like, inner circle? Um, You know, there are people in your life that you will never let into that inner inner circle, even though you love them and you care about them and they're maybe part of your family, but they're never going to be in that inner circle. Um, But for me, it was so helpful to identify, like, who are my people? Like, who are in this inner circle, especially related to what happened to me? Um, Who are those people that are, that deserve to be part of that circle um, that have shown by their response and by their um, compassion and by their listening that they are they are in that circle um, and you know and kind of make it levels like okay this is my inner circle okay these are the people I can tell some things to but not everything right. and these are people that I still love and care about but you know, I have to protect myself and kind of, um, you know, keep them out of, you know, this experience because of how they respond. Um, and you know, there, there are different responses, you know, people respond so differently to trauma, you know, whether they've experienced it or not. Um, so just know like everyone's on their own journey for that. Um, and so it may not be that they don't care about yours or they're not. Um, but you know, it's okay. It's also okay to be like, you know what, like, uh, I know you can't, you know, maybe you're going through your own thing and you can't be my person for this. You know, you can't be, you know, that in that inner circle and that's okay, you know, Um, and, you know, and then, but then you have your people who are, and those people are so valuable because you know that in the middle of the night, you can reach out to them or the next morning, or you can just say, Hey, I'm having a tough day and you won't have to explain it all. They just know kind of what the depth of that means. So 
Um, I would highly suggest getting that. And I, Nicole Bromley refers to it as a circle of inspiration, which I've always carried with me too, of like, these are my people. In this circle of inspiration are the people that will encourage me, the people that will um, help me blaze my healing path. You know, these people will compassionately listen to me and not talk as much <laughs> and not tell me all the things to do, but just listen to what I'm experiencing in the moment. Um, but will also lift me up and get me to a resource if I need to get to one, you know? Um, and so I've really loved how she put that because it is a circle of inspiration. So, um, and I know that we've both had that on our journey and I'm, I'm honored to be part of yours. Thank you. I loved what you said about that circle of inspiration. And I loved how you honestly incorporated that even going through my own experience, like, I'm sure you saw the people that were in the room helping me like backstage while I was going through my own court experience. So I love how you related that to that because that definitely helped me a lot knowing who my five people were. And like you said too, it's such a scary experience telling people, but it's so important to get your voice out and make sure that you're heard, whether that be with one person or as many as you can. Thank you. You are so welcome. And I look forward to see what happens with the, um, the organization and the podcast. And I am so proud of you. Thank you. It was such an honor to have you come on here. You've helped me so much. I look forward to doing more with you. Thank you. We'll definitely stay in touch. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs>